take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. We're in a series, Summer School, because some lessons are worth uh, relearning or being reminded of. A summer school is that place where you might have not gotten it the first time, really great. And so summer school is that place where you get to relearn some things that uh, you might uh, need to know. And so several years ago, I'd come across a book, maybe some of you have seen it, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. It's a, it's a great book from several years ago. And so there are some great lessons that you learned in kindergarten that apply to all of life. Some of those lessons, for instance, are uh, put things back where you found them. That's a great life lesson, just life in general. Clean up, uh, clean up, your, clean your own, clean up after yourself, clean up your own mess. Uh, another one is say you're sorry if you hurt someone. It's a great lesson we learned in kindergarten. It uh, applies even as adults. Uh, flush, great lesson that we need to take into the rest of our lives. Play fair, another great lesson. Take a nap every day. Is that not a wonderful life lesson that we take? I hated naps when I was in kindergarten, but I have learned, anybody else learn, anybody online, anybody learn to love naps into adulthood. And so, another lesson that I would add to that mix is thinking about summer school is the lesson that we need to relearn is to follow directions. Follow directions. Now, that relates to what we're talking about. So, uh, I got the boy, the boys and I, we got this a couple years ago. Chris got it for, for us for Christmas. And so we put this together, which means I put most of it together. And so if you've ever done Legos, you know that they come with these little booklets that tell you how to put together. So you don't just take the, the packet, open up the packet, look at the picture, and then figure it out. You re- well, unless you're like a super genius, maybe we have some super geniuses in the house today, but, but there's all of these individual steps. There's some hundred individual steps for, for these guys, and we got our kids, I think, in uh, service with us. So any of the kids that are here, can you tell me who this is? Grogu. Kids, I, okay, I heard Grogu. Yes, this is Grogu, not to be confused with Yoda, the great Jedi master. Uh, anybody, any kids are here? Who is this? This is the, I heard some adults talking. (laughs) You are not following directions. Clearly, you need to pay attention the rest of the sermon. So far, you're getting an F, okay? So, children, who is this? The Mandalorian. Very good. It kind of looks like Boba Fett. You would be wrong. This is the Mandalorian. Yes, very good. And so, this is the little set that they got me. I want you, I don't know if we can zoom in on this, if you can see this, but notice... On this box, we're really testing out our, our, uh, our video folks. On the box, the man, or, uh, uh, Grogu's ears are upside down. I don't know if you can see that. His ears are upside down. Now, I followed the directions, and my, his ears are correct as opposed to the ears on the box. They're wrong on one side, correct on the other side. Uh, a great illustration, thank you, Legos, of why we must follow directions. I don't know what that does for young uh, Grogu, if his ears are upside down, if that helps or hurts his hearing. I don't know. But we're talking today about following directions. It's important to follow directions. 
take your Bible again, Joshua chapter 1. And as you turn to Joshua 1, it's a great passage. We looked at it before, uh, verses 1 through 9. And it's, it's, it has some great things to teach us about following directions. Because I think we all have had times in our lives when we have thought that we knew better, or thought that we got it, or thought that, well, I know enough. And so we've, we've just lay, laid the, the instructions aside. Do we have any of those people that don't like to follow the instructions, but just kind of wing it and think, I know best? Have you ever gotten to the end of whatever you're doing, whatever project you're doing at home, and you didn't follow the instructions because you thought you knew better, and what was the, the outcome of whatever you did was a little kind of messed up? I know I've done that. Following directions matter. In this text, it's important to understand kind of what was going on, so the context, what was going on at the time that this text was written. And if you understand what was going on that led up to what happens in Joshua 1, you will understand the dangers of not following directions. And as you're turning there, some of that, that setup for this particular story is that, that these, the people of, in Joshua 1, they had, they had come out, their ancestors had come out of Egypt. They had been slaves in Egypt, and under the leadership of Moses, God had freed them. Through Moses, God worked through Moses, and there are all these, the, the plagues happened, and, and eventually Pharaoh let the people go. And because God had said, I, there's this promised land I'm going to give you, you're going to be freed, I'm going to tell you this promised land. And we know, if you know the story, you know that that promised land was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. We know that, that, that God told them, I'm going to give you this new home. You've been slaves all this time, and, and you're going to be set free from that. And you're going to have your own land, your own homes, uh, your own things. And I'm going to make you into a great nation. And then eventually, we know, because we can look backwards and we know the bigger plan that God had, that God wanted to use this nation to, uh, he's going to bring a Messiah, the Savior that would come. And then these people would help to disseminate or to share this good news about how much God loves this world, that God wants to be connected to us, that we are his children, and that Christ has come, this Messiah has come to set us free, to be in relationship with the God who created us. And so there's this big master plan. They didn't understand all of that at first, and so they get to the edge of the promised land, this land that God had said this is going to be yours, and they get there, they send some spies in, there's a little hiccup, because the spies come back, and the spies, most of them say, it's great, it's just like God said, it's wonderful, but... There's no way that we could ever take that land. We couldn't take it because there's giants in that land. The cities are too fortified. And we're like they said, and as you read it in the scripture, we're like grasshoppers in comparison to them. And so they doubted that if they followed God's direction, that he would keep his promise and that he would give them this land. And so what happened as a result of that, there's only two of those of those spies that came back and said, we can do it. And that was Joshua and Caleb. And so God said, okay, if you're in a doubt, then, then if you're unwilling to trust, you're unwilling to follow directions, if you're unwilling to trust me and the promises that I want to give you, then uh, you can just stay where you're at. You can, you'll just stay here. You'll never get to the promised land. And so that's what happened. And so that generation dies wandering around for 40 years in the desert. Only Joshua and Caleb go into this, are going to go in, get to go into this new land with all of the, the children of that generation. So here we are. We fast forward the 40 years. All that has transpired. All the doubters are gone. Moses is gone. And now Joshua is the new leader and they're ready to go. But God says, just as they're on the brink of going across this river into this promised land, he says, but I just want to remind you, you need to follow my directions 
as you go in. And so this is what he says about following directions. I so want us to listen to what he has to say because it's great advice for us as well as we follow directions in our own lives. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and, from, and, and, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, that great river is the Jordan, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And so God just outlines, here is the land that I've promised you. Here's what I'm going to give you. And Joshua is their new leader. Moses is gone. He's saying, Joshua, I'm going to lead you and your people into this land. And so he's painting this big picture for them. This new home that he's giving them after they've escaped from Egypt and they've, they've grown up here in the, in the wandering around in the, in the desert and now you're on your way here. Here's the results. He's casting the vision of what you, I'm going to give you. Here's the promise I gave to Moses. I'm giving it to you. He reminds them of that, just like I promised Moses. And it's a great reminder for us. And here's the first thing if, as we look at this passage that we need to get. God's directions come with promises. God's directions come with promises. Because he reminds them of the promise. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to give you. And, and those promises are like the box when you get your Lego set. The promise is if you open up the package and if you take the little booklet and if you follow all of the directions, you have this, this group of, of all these random pieces. And if you put the pieces together according to the directions, this will be the result. Actually, now, this will be the result, because you want his ears the right side up. Uh, and, and, so, and so that's, that's what God is saying. Here is the, and he, he's basically showing them, here's, what, here's the box, the top of the box. Here's, the, here's what it looks like. Here's the land that I'm going to give you. He paints that for them. He wants them to understand the end result. And the big idea is, I'm going I'm to make you a great nation. And I'm going to bless you. And as I bless you, just like he had told their, his, their ancestors, Abram, Abraham, that, that as I bless you, you're going to be a blessing into this entire world. And as we think about how that then cascades down to our generation, that God says to us, I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. That just like I, have a plan, I had a plan for them, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I have something that I want you to be a part of that's bigger than yourself, greater than yourself. I want you to, to help be a part of this, this purpose I have to, to share with this world that, that I love them. I love this world. I sent my son so that this world could be in relationship with me, to die so that they could have life. And, and just this reminder that God loves us. He has this plan for us as we experience this personal relationship uh, with him through Christ that we can be a part of, again, these great things he's doing in, in the world. And so the promises I have a hope. I've got a future for you. Jesus talked in terms of, I've got an abundant life that I have planned for you. And ultimately, as we trust him and as we put our faith in Christ, there is a promised land that, that, that's not, you know, this world is not all that there is. That there is a, after the struggle and the turmoil and the strife of this world, as we put our faith in Christ, that, that there is a promised land 
as we are freed from the slavery of this crazy world that we live in, that there is a promised land in heaven waiting for us. And so there's a lot of similarities in this text. And just the reminder that God keeps his promise. That as we follow his directions, that God keeps his promise to us. Friends, that's exciting. That God loves us. That again, in this world filled with struggle and heartache and turmoil, that there is a promised heavenly home for us. Look at verse 5 and 6. No man should be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. That's another great reminder. The way that I was with Moses, and they knew the story. They were, the, they were one generation removed. Some of them were children. They, they knew the story. They had experienced it. And so they know how God had been with their people, uh, how God had been with Moses, how God had worked through them. This promise that just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Just like I kept my word to him, I will keep my word to you. And I'm sure as, as, as that's related to them, about God saying to them, just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. What they think of is all those times that, that, that God was with Moses. And, and we should think about that and, and just remember ourselves. Like when he, was, he goes to Pharaoh and he was, God was with them. He didn't go alone. And all of the, all of the plagues that, that happened and how God was, was there in, in that. And that God, how God rescued them out of their slavery and, and finally convinced Pharaoh to let them go. And then they get to the Red Sea and remember that story and the, the Egyptian army is there at the Red Sea and, and, and they don't know what they're going to do. They're, they're afraid. And then God comes through again and parts the Red Sea and then they're in the wilderness and they don't know the direction. And so God, God directs them in the pillar of fire. He, he leads them through the desert and then they're, they don't have enough water and God provides water from a rock and then they don't have food and there's manna and quail and on and on and on and on. And what God reminds them of, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Just like I promised Moses, I keep my word. And he tells them in verse 5, and if you were wondering about a passage to memorize, this would be a great one. I will, God saying to us, I will not leave you or forsake you. And so as we follow his direction, as we trust him with our lives and the plan that he has for us, we can expect the same. As he was with Moses, as he was with them, God says, I want to be with you. You can trust me. As we think about our church, and whether we're by radio or on the other end of a computer screen or here in this room, I called Carol, who is 90 years old, unable to come to church each week. A little shout out to Carol, who for the last couple years has watched every single week online. And how many people like Carol through their lives, God has been there and God has moved and God has helped and God has kept his promise. That he has never left nor forsaken. And even though life has not always worked out like, like we think or they think it should, that God has never left, never forsaken. And what a great promise to be reminded of. And what does he say next in verse 7? Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all 
the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. What's he telling? He's saying, follow the directions. Be careful to do all the law commands. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Follow my word. Don't take shortcuts. Follow directions. If we want to, and, and, and he says what's going to happen as we follow directions, that you may have good success wherever you go, that there are blessings, that there is God's favor on the other side of our following the directions. It's not that we're earning our salvation, not we're earning that, but, we're, but as, we, as we trust him, as we follow directions, that there are blessings, there's favor, there's good success is the way he terms it. And so as we think about, you know, how does this relate to my life, just the reminder to follow directions, we must first read directions. We need to know what the directions say. So as we think about Grogu here and the Mandalorian, if I look at the box and I say, oh, that's what it should look like, and then I, and I look at the front of the little booklet that has all the instructions in it, but I don't open the instructions, I'm going to struggle to put Grogu and the Mandalorian together as, they, as the designer uh, you know, designed them to come together. You have, to, you have to read the directions to follow directions. You got to know what the directions have to say. And what does the passage say? That if we're careful to do what's been commanded, if we're careful to do what the Word says, if we don't turn from it from the, to the right or to the left, if we do that, then what does he say? Then you will have good success wherever you go. And the problem is that we live in a world that bristles at anyone telling it what to do. We live in a world that we could use, use the term that loves radical autonomy. That I'm going to live my way. I'm going to live with my own purpose. I'm going to do my own thing. And no one can tell me, no one, no God, no one can tell me, no book, no, no Bible, no scripture. No one can tell me what to do. I'm my own person. And we, we live in that radical autonomy loving world. And into that world... God's word comes with authority. And God says, follow my directions. God says, submit to my word. And as you submit to my word, as you follow my directions, as you trust me and you trust the promises that I've laid out for you, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I will be with you. I will keep my promises. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, am I willing to submit to that authority? Am I willing to submit to what the Scripture has to say? And the Scripture has any number of things to say on any number of areas of our lives. And so as we think about following the directions, am I willing to follow the directions when it comes to my thought life? Am I willing to follow God's directions when it comes to my bank account or my bedroom? Am I willing to follow God's direction when it comes to business decisions or my marriage or my dating relationships? Am I willing to follow God's directions and submit to those directions when it comes to politics or theology or hobbies or actions or attitudes or the way that I treat people? Am I willing to follow God's directions when it comes to the way that I treat my friends or the way I treat my family or what we might struggle with even the way I treat my enemies or those that I perceive as my enemies? Am I willing to submit all of my life to the authority of Scripture and let it guide me? And I love the implication of, in our lives for us as we do that, as we trust that, 
The, the motivation that we find in these last couple of verses to, to actually do that and to follow the directions. Listen to what it says in verse 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So he's telling us, keep the authority of the word front and center. Meditate on it. Think about it. Be careful to do all that is written in it. Kids always ask parents that question, why? Why, mom and dad? And our Heavenly Father answers that why question here in, uh, in these verses. In verse 8, he tells us, he already told us the same thing in verse 7, but then he reiterates it here. He says, do, when we ask the question, well, why? Why do we need to do that? Do all that the Word says, then, and here's the answer, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So as we follow directions, as we don't stray to the left or to the right, as we work that plan for our lives, what does, what does God tell us? What is the promise as you follow them? The, the, there's a key word there, then. So do this then. And what we tend to want to do, again, in our autonomy-loving world, and we love that ourselves too, don't we? We struggle. It was the original sin of Adam and Eve saying, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. And we love to do our own thing. And so we want to do our own thing, and then after, on the other side of doing our own thing, we want God to bless us. We want God to be there for us. And what God says is, follow my directions, trust me, trust my promises, and then, and then I'm going to bless you. And then I'll make you prosperous, and then I'll give you success. And so when we, and so here's the, here's the, the truth, when we follow directions, we get desired results. When we follow directions, we get desired results. And these are the desired results of the designer. And the designer, the desired results, are the results that God has in mind. And here it is. Here's the, the rub. Sometimes our desired results and God's desired results are two different things. And that's some of the struggle. Some of the struggle of the idea that I get in my head well, I've been obedient to you, God. I've done what you've asked me to do. And so I expect you to do X, Y, and Z for me. And it's like, God, I'll, I'll do this over here, and then you have to do this over here. And that's not what the Scriptures say. When we pray that prayer, God, I'll follow your directions as long as you do what I want you to do. As long as you bless me in this way. As long as you give me success by the way I define it. As long as you prosper me by the way I define it. We tend to forget that God's ways are higher than our ways, as Scripture tells us. We forget that we can't see the future, and God can. We forget that we live in a world that we are the creation and he is the creator and he has every right to decide all of the things that have to do with this world. And he knows what's best for us and he knows what's best as he, is, as he has this entire world and, and all of time and space at his command and he's in charge and, 
And he has this kingdom agenda that, that he's working in our world. And again, to work out what's, what's best for all of us according to his plan and his purpose. And again, the desired result is not necessarily the result that we want or that we think is best. His results are always the right results. And so what we get, I mean, again, what's the, what's the question that, that a lot of times the most favorite question a kid asks is the why. And when a child asks, the, asks that question of why, the answer that a lot of times the most common answer that a parent gives back to the child is because I said so. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's a super appropriate answer because as a parent, uh, when a child, we say whatever to the child and then we, we, we know because we've said whatever the, the thing is that we tell them and they're, well, why? And we know in our minds, well, there's these other things going on, there's other dynamics, and there's this other big picture, and we know what's going to happen if, that ha- if they do that, the bad, whatever. And so a very appropriate answer, because sometimes the child can't understand all of those other inputs, a real appropriate answer to the child is, because I said so, not to just be kind of a jerk to your kid, but because they really are at a point that they can't understand all of those other bigger implications. And in the same way, can we trust our God who knows more than us, who sees more than us, who knows the future. And when we say, God, I want you to do this and answer this prayer in this way or whatever, and we have it in our head, he needs to do it a certain way, and, and it doesn't happen that way, or if there's something in God's Word that we don't understand, that God says that this is the way it is, or this is right, or this is wrong, or this is true, or this is not, whatever, and we don't understand that, and we ask why. And at times, we get that sense that the answer that God gives is, because I said so. Can we choose to trust that? God gives us directions and he gives us commandments. He gives gives us expectations and boundaries, not because he's this cosmic killjoy, not because he doesn't want us to have any fun, but always because there's some boundary in place because it's what's best for us. We're his children and he knows, and if we will just trust him in that. And those blessings and that success and that prosperity that he says will be ours are on the other side of, of us following those directions and us trusting him. And again, what's really important for us to get is success that he's talking about, what the word is talking about, is sometimes very different than the way the world or we define it. We have to trust him even with that. Because, friends, we're playing the long game here. This world and all the junk in it is temporary. There is a heavenly home. There is a place in store for us. And sometimes we will have struggles in this world. Can we trust that God is going to keep his word when he says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to be with me? It's what Jesus told us, that he has this ultimate plan for us. I promise, he says to to us. Can we trust his promise? There's a super quick section as we conclude. I just want to go back to verses 8 and 9 and think about how we can apply it to our lives. Let me just read verses 8 and 9 again and just listen to the word again. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
And he says, God's word needs to not depart from your mouth. That, that what comes out of your mouth should be a reflection. We've talked this before about what's going on in us. That there should be a, there should be a, a connection between those two things. What comes out of our mouths and out of our lives should not be different than what's going on in us. And so these principles and these life lessons that we're getting, that God's Word should be a part of who we are, that we are people of the Word, we should know the Word, we should live the Word, we should speak the Word, we must make the Word a part of who we are. And so as we follow directions, we must make them part of who we are. Is the Word part of who you are? Are the principles and the precepts and the truth, are they a natural part of who you are? Are they coming out of you? And, and as, as, uh, as we do that, look at that next phrase in the text. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do what's written in it. So as we follow directions, we need to make it a part of what we're learning. It's what he says, that we should, we should be meditating on it day and night. So it should be a part of who, you know, what we're, what we're absorbing into our lives, what we're learning, what we're taking in should be God's Word. I should never quit learning. I've been a like, full-time pastor since I was like 19 or 20. That's a long time. I was a follower of Jesus, hardcore, all in, since I was about 15. And so all those years, I'm 52 now, to, to still come to this point in my life and to, and to understand that there is so much I need to learn. And there are so many more ways that I could be even more submitted to Christ and, and, and His Word even, even in, in greater and greater ways, understanding how I can love better and serve better and, 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 and grow into be, be more fashioned like Jesus. And that should be our heart's desire that I haven't arrived, but it's something I continue to become. And so, I follow directions by making them a part of what I'm learning. And so, Am I doing that? Am I meditating on it day and night, continually, regularly? Is it, part, is it my pattern? I come to, to, on a worship service like this on a weekend, but, but there's so much more. Yes, I, I learn and I grow in settings like this, but, but am I getting into God's Word? And there's so many tools that God has given us. And just think about all the tools. Great, great Bibles that have these study tools within them. And what I can't quite figure out, maybe what that text says, I can read little explanation at the bottom that's super helpful. I can get any number of apps like the Bible app that I can download and there's Bible study plans and it will even read to me if I, if reading, I struggle with reading. Any number of things that I can get help with. We give you a daily devotion thing and you can even download that on your, they're laying around all over the place. You can download that on your phone and regularly have devotions uh, on our website there's a place where you can get right now media get a subscription to that it's free as being part of first church and there's any you know, bible studies and things for kids and whatever that's a great resource and there's things on youtube and there's podcasts and there's radio programs and then on and on and on are we making a part of what we're learning so here you go uh, i was we lived in Ohio. The boys were in the back seat. We were driving. We'd come off the highway. We were going to the back way home to our house. And you had to go through this little town. And we just got off the highway. And I'm driving along. We're talking, having a good time. And then the flashing red lights behind me. And I get pulled over. And the policeman comes up. And he, I wrote on the window. And he says, do you know, sir, how fast you're going? And I say, well, I think I was going about 50 miles an hour. And he's like, yeah. Do you know, did you see that speed limit sign back there? <laughs> Um, there's a 30, this is a 35 zone. 
And, you know, in that setting, it didn't necessarily, you know, work for me to say that I just missed the sign. I still got a ticket. <laughs> and we think about God's word, and there's so many signs, and there's so many signposts, and there's so much truth. And, and there's so many things as we think about following directions that, that God says to us, and there's so many opportunities for us to know. But we got we to gotta read it. We got to look at it. We got to pay attention to what God is saying to us. And so we need to be careful to then see it and then to put it into practice and actually, whatever the speed limit is, to drive the speed limit and to do all that's in it. And that's what verse 8 says. To follow directions, we do that by making them part of what we're doing. Not just what I know, not just what I've learned, but what I'm actually doing. We invite our worship team to come back up. As they're coming back up, I know that one of the most important things that places this truth starts is in our lives, we have to come to a point where we recognize that there is a God, and He loved us so much that He sent Christ to die that we'd have life. And am I willing to follow His directions to say, here is the path to eternal life. Here's the way that you can have, be in a relationship with me. Here's a way that you can get past the guilt and the shame and all the junk that this world throws on you. As you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you, as 1 John 1, 9 says, from all unrighteousness. So have you done that? Have you put your faith in Christ? And as we, and I'm going to pray for you. If you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. And you could text the word Jesus to 269-231-8692. We'd love to send you some resources to help you on that journey. Another great step, if you are just now making that decision, or if you've recently made that decision, or maybe you made it a long time ago, but you've never followed the Lord in baptism, again, as you follow directions, Jesus modeled it for us. He told us to do it. And we're going to have an opportunity to let you follow the directions and be baptized. So we encourage you to do that. You can let us know about that. I know there's probably some of us that have been following Jesus for a long time. And the reality is, if we're honest, and in these moments where we really get honest with ourselves in the concluding moments of a service like this, that we just recognize that there are probably some places in our lives when we said, yeah, what, I'll follow you in these areas, but over here, uh, not so much. And we've kind of just separated those worlds. And today, I just would invite you to just take an honest look of all of it. And to listen to what Scripture says and to be willing to submit all of your life to what Scripture says. To follow all of the directions. And so my concluding kind of question to consider, are you editing His Word to fit your lifestyle? Or are you editing your lifestyle to fit God's authoritative Word? Are you willing to follow His directions? And so Father God, as we conclude today, I know that you're working in hearts. And God, I pray for that person, maybe for the first time, that's just acknowledging their need to confess their sin to you, to acknowledge the need to invite you into their life, your son to be their savior. And so, Father, thank you for hearing that prayer, answering that prayer, writing their name into that book of life and, and, and giving them that eternal life and that they can get through the junk of this world because there's an eternity that you have in store for us. There's a promised land you have in store for us. And God, that you're going to be with us. You're going to ne never leave us, never forsake us. And God, there are people here that need to be reminded of that, that just need to be reminded to keep going, to keep being obedient, keep following directions. And that God, you are there with them, that you will help them. You will be there for them if 
we just continue to trust, to trust your promises. And God, for those of us today maybe that are just saying to you, as you are speaking to us, as your spirit is working on us, that we just recognize that there's some area of our life that we need to seek your forgiveness. Some area that we've just been our own person, we've done our own thing, we've ignored your word, we've not followed directions. And so, Father, today, we confess that area to you. Forgive us. And God, we thank you that as we confess that, you are more than willing to forgive. And now as we sing this final song, God, I pray that it would just be a prayer to you. It says, God, we are all in. I give my life to you. I give my all to you to follow the directions you have for me. And we pray together in Jesus' name.